Welcome back. This is another edition of the This Is Jazz Today playlist. I'm here with Alan Blanchard. My name is Nick Finzer, and this is our first video podcast. We're moving up in the world of podcasting, or down, or sideways. I'm just <laughs> getting to the times, I suppose. But uh, it's exciting uh, to try new things, even though, as I already told Alan, I tried to do a live stream this morning, and my computer just definitely just hated me so much for doing it and uh it was very challenging but alan welcome back to the show we're talking what month are we talking about now we're talking about april Uh, april yeah yes april 2020 it's been almost two months of uh self-isolation so uh hopefully people are doing okay and uh they need some music so they should go to Spotify. They should go to the This Is Jazz Today playlist. They should follow the playlist uh, so that you can see the new music each and every month. We keep, you know, six months worth of music on there or so and uh, get to highlight brand new releases that are coming out each month. Um, we They aren't necessarily ranked in a, like, this is the best song, this is the worst song, but we just have a bunch of songs that we thought were really good, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I think anything anything interesting this month? Anything that uh, people should know before we kind of go through the tracks? Um, I mean, I don't know. These are a lot of people that I don't normally like go to that I listen to. Um, a lot of singles this month and in, in uh, for releases coming up and whatnot, uh, like a re-release on it and and all. But I think it's a, a good month. I mean, I, I don't know. I can always at least find 10 tracks that are killing every uh, month, so. Yeah, except for one month we had, like, ballad time. That's always, <laughs> But there's always lots of good music coming out. April is a good, you know, April, and I'm sure May is going to be even crazier. Right. Overall, the artists could decide that they're going to just uh, delay their releases and not release because they're not touring this summer because all the festivals are canceled. Did you see that Newport Festival canceled yesterday? I did see that yesterday, which, I mean, I... I kind of knew, like, at least I had a guess that it was going to happen. I just didn't know when they were going to finally, you know, um, announce and everything, which is nuts just to think about, you know, that Newport's not there. I know. I, uh, I've been pretty much in doubt, I guess. I've been thinking that maybe it would actually happen, even though it definitely isn't I've been, i mean it make it like what i'm trying to say is like it makes sense that it's not happening but i'm kind of like oh it'd be really great if this worked you know like or you still got that one out. hope like it's it's gonna work out it's gonna happen that's what i really do have that i'm like yes it's gonna work out it's yes it's gonna work out uh and everything keeps getting canceled and then i'm disappointed so i should just stop thinking anything is gonna happen but that's okay we have some great music to listen to this morning and we're going to actually listen to some music on the podcast today, which is very, very exciting. I'm learning about technology. I'm not going to be an old man that can't use the computer. This is one (laughs) of my goals in life. (laughs) All right. So why don't you tell us about the first record and I'll be the DJ while you talk about it. Yeah, sure. So this first record is a smoke session debut uh, from Wayne uh, Escoffrey. Um, you know, it has Randy Brecker on it. It has uh, David uh, Kikoski, I think. Kikoski, yeah. Yeah, maybe you should be pronouncing these. Uh, Ugana Okegwo on bass and Ralph Peterson on drums. 
Um, and it's a really cool release. They actually, he has an arrangement on here of a, uh, a classical uh, piece, Benjamin Britten's uh, Missa Brevis and D, which is like tracks four or three through five. Um, and then the rest of them are like some originals of his. Uh, I think Quarter Moon is actually like a Charlie Rouse tune. Mm. Um, but it's it's really cool. Uh, you know, the whole thing of like doing a, like a jazz interpretation arrangement, whatever you want to call it, of like a classical piece uh, is something that I've always found like particularly interesting to see how people reimagine those things and arrange them and, and go through like these larger works. Um, I like Randy Brecker. So that's always something I'm looking for on releases is like who's playing trumpet and what. Who's playing trumpet? Always yeah. who's playing trumpet. <laughs> But you know Wayne. Wayne is awesome. Like I think I first heard him um, with Tom Harrell, mm. and when he was uh, doing that, and you know Tom Harrell is someone who's definitely I like checked out for a little bit, and then kind of went away and like starting to again more. Um, so that kind of put this more on my radar. Uh, but it's a great release. Um, the entire thing's out. I picked the opening track, Chain Gang, which was. I don't know. I just felt started off with like really good energy, like one of the good tracks on it, but there's not anything on the record that I was like, eh, you know, so it's, it's good. I think people will enjoy it. It's, it's definitely a little bit more modern. You know, you kind of hear his influences of playing with Tom in it, uh, playing in like the Mingus uh, big bands and, and like the revivals of that, that he was doing and whatnot. Um, so, you know, here we are. Uh, and I, Oh, it also has David Gilmore on uh, guitar as well. Oh yeah he's killing um here let's turn let's hear a little bit more of it while we move on there you go david kikoski again you'll have to go to the playlist if you need to if you still haven't figured out how to find the playlist it's on spotify if you don't have spotify uh, you can still find the playlist to see what's on it and you can listen to all the all these great artists' music and follow us so that we can uh, take this podcast to the next level and this playlist also, both. Um, okay, so we're going to keep moving here. We have something from bassist Russell Hall. And, uh, oh, I didn't know Benny Green is on this too. So why don't you give us a little insight here about this track? Yeah, I don't know much about it at all, actually. I don't know if it's just uh, some singles that are coming out. I mean, I'm assuming it's uh, a single in respect of like a new album that's going to be coming out down the road, but it's um, Russell Hall's project, to my understanding, with Benny Green featured on it. And then it also has Ruben Fox playing tenor and uh, Kyle Poole playing drums. Um, and, you know, I just found this from simply trying to find what Benny Green's been doing and listen to more of him. Uh, uh-huh. Phenomenal pianist, like so much uh, um, history and, and, and vocabulary and his playing and whatnot with like his hard bop uh, um, roots and, and kind of where he got known and whatnot. And he's just, um, I mean, he's great. But I think he also collaborated uh with uh russell on that album he put out last year uh the feeling of romance or whatnot um but i don't know i mean he's yeah great pianist i mean russell's great the entire band's great uh i hope it's an album coming up who knows if it is or not um yeah i'm not sure but it's it's killing 
Who's oh you said Kyle Poole's playing drums. I was just yeah. trying to show the album cover. Here's the album cover over here. Oh, now I hit it. Yeah, Kyle Poole and then uh, Ruben Fox is on tenor. Nice. The young crew, Juilliard crew. Well, not Kyle, but pretty much he's in that crew at this point. <laughs> uh, great. So it's nice, nice ballad vibes here. Uh, great. So let's keep moving through it. We got another pianist release here. I'll say the name since sometimes you have some challenges with that. That's uh, Art Hirahara on piano. Okay. And his See, I, I definitely knew how that one went, but I will 1000% own up to awful mispronunciations. Um, yeah, album coming out from him, which also has Melissa Aldana, uh, Joe Martin on bass, and then Rudy Roystein on drums. Um, you know, it's it gets tough to start describing some of these albums because it's just like, what do you do? You know, it's 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 a bunch of great musicians uh, getting together, playing music. Like, there's some covers on here, like Prelude to a Kiss and whatnot. Um, but it's just a great album that they put together out on Positone. I think it's like is fourth or fifth release with Positone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. This is. I've been a huge fan of like Melissa's playing and I think that she adds uh, a great s- stuff to the, the tracks that she's on. She's not on all of them, um, but it's, it's a good album with a lot of diversity. I mean, there's some stuff where he does like solo piano uh, with prelude to a kiss and then all the other tunes uh, and just hearing the, the, the differences between his writings and, and the covers and interpretations, you know, it's, it's just good. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what else to say like it's it's great you know it's modern if that's your thing uh there's a lot of like uh lyricism to his playing and it's definitely one of those more modern ones that i don't think uh some of them can like wear on you after a while you know right um you like you got to listen to it in bits and pieces because it's just too much uh, but i didn't get that from this one you know you can just put it on and go start to finish which is nice and refreshing uh and no vibe if the other ways your thing you know uh everyone has their different opinions and preferences what they like to listen to um sure but i think people will will be into it you know yeah so i'm, I'm gonna ask you this question because you're listening to a lot of music um, yeah you're still a person that listens to a lot of music you're a young so. yeah. man <laughs> enjoys listening no but i'm asking like so do you usually listen to whole records or no um, I, I've been trying to, like, it's become a practice that I've had to do because I'm very notorious at finding tracks that like I obsess over and then obsess over that. Um, you know, like off a, a Terrence Blanchard record and, and like the track transform on it. I think I ran that single track like 70 times in a week. It was just all I would listen to wherever I was driving or, or when, you know, doing anything. Um, but it's had to be something that consciously I've had to like, not force isn't the right word, but like go into it with the intention of saying like, okay, I'm setting aside this time later to listen to this album. Um, and there are some albums that I think are way easier to do it than others. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I mean, I'm trying to more. I think it's that, like everything about life has kind of forced us to not do that and the way that like the yeah. industry is going. Um, well, I don't know if it's the industry. I think the industry is chasing, chasing people's behavior. 
Yeah. I mean, I don't know. the last slow, one I listened man. to all the way through was like Clifford Brown with strings, you know, and before that it was, uh, but that's, but that's the difference because that's short. That's yeah. It. And then, <laughs> it's very used to be short. Right. And you could listen to it all the way through. So that's, not, I don't know. I mean, this is another discussion for perhaps another day, but if you're an artist that's putting stuff out, you know, a lot of people have success doing like three EPs out of one record instead of doing one record. That's 14 tracks long when all the yeah. tracks are six minutes. But, and, you know, and there's been other records, like there, there are some longer ones that are um, like that McBride record that just came out with the. Um, sure. Um, about long records are great Christ. too. But. Right. But it, they're long, but they're not all like 12 minute tracks, you know, mm-hmm. it's just like, that's the way the tracking went with, with shorter movements and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I completely hear what you're saying. It's tough to, I mean, it's tough with even concerts too, when you go and there's, there's a, a great, song that's happening or, or piece or whatever you want to call it and it's it's great i'm not denouncing that but it's like 19 minutes long you know it's, it's hard to stay pay attention to yeah and uh yeah anyway it's just something to think about like you can get more mileage out of a release if like people only need 30 minutes of music to like have it be a full length i mean technically it's not full length but you know like when you had a, an lp two sides four songs you right. know whatever 30 minutes Everyone was cool. So anyway, just something to think about if you're putting together a project record. Not you, Alan, but you and the global <laughs> you. Um, I'm not going to give you a hard time about that. Let's just <laughs> move on. All right, let's check out this. New, this is one I've been meaning to check out. I haven't checked it out yet. These next two actually have been on my radar, uh, but I did not get a chance. So can you, I have no idea how to say this guy, this cat's name, but he's South African, right? Yes. And I, that's very interesting because I knew nothing about either of these releases until I was doing like research of what just came out. Um, And so this is a South African influenced, you know, like very strong South African. Um, It's where he's from Uh, modes of communication, letters from the underworld Uh, and his name. And I'm going to butcher it. I'm sure is Induzo uh, Makathini. Yeah, I'm not sure. But, man, this was so cool because, like, someone I had been listening to more in the last year was, like, Hugh Mascella. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this was something that, I won't say, like, along those lines, but was just really interesting to hear how it was approached and all. And it kind of has, like, a Kamasi Washington vibe to it yeah. in, in the way that I think the arrangements are laid out. Um I know he talks a lot about how he's influenced by like Coltrane and like a love Supreme, which makes so much sense um, listening to it, but it also, you know, this goes back to just something that's so cool about the music that we're able to do now is how like all these worldly influences and different cultures and people being able to like tap into that and uh, meld it together and hear where that's all coming from. Um, so I don't know. This is one that I think like is going to get more interesting for me, like reading more about it and, and actually understanding it on like a really nerdy, you know, educational level. Um, but I think a lot of people can take beauty in it too, just for, for the music and, you know, and the different um, influences and moments that it has. Yeah. I mean, even just quietly playing, you can hear the kind of train influence for sure. Yeah. And the cover, the cover is pretty cool as well. But it's kind of got that same 
like Marquise Hill, right? Kamazi, modern, modernist kind of thing to it. That's cool. Is the whole record kind of this way, or is it? Uh, um, yes, like more of that, but there's definitely some variety on it uh, to different tracks and and all. Um, I mean, he's. I'm like I'm reading more about it right now. He's had so much success, but it's been mostly. I mean, he came and was like played with Lincoln Center and whatnot, and has been featured in all these right. festivals. Um, but this is like his ninth album, you know. So mm-hmm. I guess I need to go back and, and learn more about it all. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was it was a very surprising project just because I was unaware. Um, and definitely glad now to be more aware you could say you know yeah i mean i think he was just featured on that um did you see that lincoln center thing uh the gala youtube version no i didn't watch it yet i think he's on i think he was featured on there or maybe it was him or pardon my uh generalization another south african tenor player but it's probably i think it was i mean i don't know i know he did like a uh he did like a three night uh, like a South African uh, songbook type approach, you know, mm-hmm. um, up there at with Lincoln Center. So it very well could have been, but could I haven't have been. seen it yet. Yeah. Um, awesome. And then this next one is one of my, from one of my favorite guitarists personally, uh, but uh, Lionel Luweke. And uh, this used to be his trio, but I guess it's like a, it's like a, not, not under his name. It's under this band name, Gilfema. And uh, it, they used to play. I used to remember seeing them when I was in college. But take it, tell tell us what you you thought about it. I mean, that's basically how I found it. I know, like we talked. Uh, I think it's a, like almost a year ago now, probably a little less actually. When like Herbie came through Nashville, and that was where like Lena Loeki was like again exposed to me, and like mm-hmm. from there I was just uh, obsessed, I guess you know he's like a ridiculous guitarist and just ridiculous like the things he hears i don't understand but they're so great to to hear you know like sure. listening to him is like uh, uh like what jacob collier is to some other people just understanding how he hears like harmony and rhythm and and all these different things going on at the same time um and so this was just the other day i think i was like on I just Googled Lionel Loecki. Be like, what are the projects that does he have videos of? You know, let me go listen to him. Um, and this came up, uh, which is cool because I didn't know it had ever existed. But, you know, supposedly they went to Berkeley together and then Monk Institute together. And it's um, the project definitely goes like all over the place, which is cool. There's tons of different influences and everything. Uh, there's like some Jimi Hendrix type vibe going on at some point in time. Um there's like some more ballad type moments. Like the track I picked is definitely a little bit more like bluesy funk mm-hmm. influenced, if you will, uh, which I think at least to me definitely is like a Lionel Lewecki vibe um, that he does a lot. And so I don't know, you know, I don't know exactly how to like pin one thing down on the album. Um, but it's really cool to see where all the various uh, directions that they take and, and everything and just hearing 
him play. You know, I'm a very big Lena Lewicki fan. Not to talk less about the rest of the other trio, but um, that's that's just me. You know. Sure. Yeah. No, he's great, and uh, there's a lot of records they've made together because his records plus these new Gilfema records. But yeah, um, yeah, I've been a, I've also been a fan of them for a long time. Yeah, he's got just like an interesting way of yeah just hearing something crazy to play on the guitar <laughs> but it doesn't come across crazy you know right i just yeah it's it feels natural but then when you're like wait what is he playing <laughs> like, yeah there's definitely been a couple of moments when i was listening to him where i'm like i don't understand is he singing right now like is this what is what is this you know and it's just him and it's like all right man like here we go yeah that's great a favorite for sure and let's see I guess we're switching up the vibe pretty pretty swiftly here. We're moving to a legend, a re-release, or you were saying something about this before we started. It's a, not a re-release, but a new release to so, explain. Uh, I don't know, man. This was me falling into the traps of Spotify where I was like looking around and, you know, they make the playlist that made for you and yeah. Majamal came up, which makes sense because I definitely listened to a good bit of Majamal or Bad Vibe or whatnot. Uh, and they were like, here's a record that just came out in 2020. And I was like, oh, great. And then I'm looking up information about it. And it did not at all. <laughs> it, I was like, this is weird because I feel like this is really familiar. Um, and I guess it came out in like the golden year of jazz, you know, whatever you want to call it, 1959. Um, and it's just the first time that it's getting put on Spotify or it's been remastered. And, it's, you know, they're making money off of it again somehow. <laughs> yes. Um, and it's a Majamal with uh, his trio in a 15-piece string section. Um, it's really good. It's Majamal. <laughs> like, I don't know. I've been listening. I think maybe I'm more into this right now because I have been listening so much to like Clifford Brown with strings and like just listening to jazz with strings. Um, so to hear this is really good. And I think they do... I mean, who am I to say a great job, but like they do a great job with the balance between strings and um, piano trio, which is, which is cool. Cause I feel like sometimes it either comes off where it's like a and B and a and B or like, how do they actually blend and go back and forth um, and whatnot. But it's, it's really good. I would recommend well, it if you haven't checked it out, you should. Yeah. Well, that makes sense to me because like he has always had that good b- blend of like arranging arrangements and tunes and like improvisation i mean like the trio was always kind of ebbing and flowing between you couldn't necessarily tell like the first time you know it was Mm -hmm. like oh wow this is one chorus of blowing and then it goes into this section or that right 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 it just seemed very organic you know and like i know like they probably talked about a roadmap to some degree but like i couldn't find it you know sure and it's not a bad thing and his touch is so light I think it doesn't like it doesn't fight the strings or whatever, or mm-hmm. there isn't ever a concern of like, I mean, light isn't even the right word, but like sensitive. So there just isn't a concern of, of uh, overpowering or anything else. You know, it just is able to continue that idea of like an ebb and flow um, between violins and piano and whatnot. And he plays off of it uh, uh, really well and does a bunch of tunes that I think people either know from him or you know just standards in general um and it's a great record fantastic i mean he's 
Majamal can't really go wrong. Right. Can't really go wrong. Really go wrong. I can't even talk today either. <laughs> but uh, let's move on here. Let's move, keep going with Jimmy Green, amazing tenor saxophonist. Yeah, I definitely haven't listened to that much Jimmy Green. Um, like, I'm still stuck on 2014 record, Beautiful Life. That was kind mm-hmm. of my first introduction to him. Um, but here comes his new album that I'm here for. You know, it's it's a great band with uh, Laj Loon on guitar and then Ruben Rogers and Stefan Harris. Uh, Kendrick Scott is on it and Aaron Goldberg, I think. Um, and it's just, it's really interesting because I think it's just a different vibe than what I'm used to maybe listening to, um, with Jimmy Green. And that's because of like my disconnect with maybe of what, um, he has been doing and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, but he does some covers on here and great stuff. You know, So In Love is, is, uh, Cole Porter where he plays soprano on. And I think, I think he's like a phenomenal soprano player as well as tenor, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's such a wide and variety of influences. I mean, the Whitney Houston tune, I Want to Dance with Somebody. Um, like a very uh, gospel influence with Simple Prayer. Um, so I don't know. I, I haven't listened to all of it by any means. I've listened to parts of it and I've liked so much what I've liked. I've liked so much so far what I've listened to. I can't talk either. Um, but it's, it's killing. Yeah, man, I gotta blame you. <laughs> yeah, feel free. Um, but it's 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 killing. I want to get more into it, and listen to more of it. This was just one of those that, like, I kind of you know I saw, I listened to a little bit of it. I was like, I know I'm gonna like this, you know. So let me just mm-hmm. go ahead and put it on here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, nice. I have a tune with the same title, "Steadfast." Come on, man. <laughs> kidding i love so in love that's a great tune i love cole porter has so many good ones man it's crazy and everybody wants to crap on cole porter but i don't know why though i will say smith (laughs) that's that's fair i mean i'll give him that but like they're not like that's not a bad thing if they're good tunes that he's putting together you know yeah but he's got great harmony too that's the thing surprising harmony which is like you don't. You can't always do that in jazz and get away with it. Be surprising and interesting, melodically. I Honestly, know. I mean, the amount of times that I've gone to write something and someone just and I'll be like, "Man, I don't know what to do here," and they go, "Ah, just two five it," you know, or back to uh-huh. two five it. And it's like, man, I don't want to like, uh-huh. I don't want to just do that, you know. Yeah, you know, all through the night, you know that tune. I mean, I don't know it, but I know the tune. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the harmony is pretty slick. Cole Porter, baby. All right, moving on to someone, you know, I've never listened to this person. Uh, so I guess I'm going to start now. Yeah, I haven't honestly either. Um, it's uh, Connie Han. I, I've seen more promotion, I guess, if you will, as of late, like her, her popping up in more places and so this came out. And so I was like, well, let me check it out. Um, and I'm here for it. It's for uh, an album upcoming um, on Mac Avenue this summer. Uh, I think in June, maybe July. I think June though. Um, and it features uh, Ivan Taylor on bass, uh, Bill w- Wisask on drums. I, I don't know either of those people. 
Yeah, but then it also has Walter Smith III and Jeremy Pelt uh, playing horns. So, um, I mean, I'm here for it with that, let alone. Um, but it's it's cool. I, I didn't have anything to uh, expect. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't really know what to compare it to. But it's not anything that uh, I wouldn't listen to. Like, this is right there where... Um, what I think of when I think of like a modern quintet or, or a modern quartet and it, even the song um, in itself you know it kind of starts with just her but then it gets into uh, Jeremy soloing and, and also um, and everything so I'm just more interested to see what else is coming out it was a single that I liked I haven't listened to a lot of her playing um, but I'm looking forward to the, the full album coming out you know and maybe uh, I think like I've written down some of her other ones I'm going to go check out later like she had she had done like a richard rogers um, album yeah so that. that's another song writer you know that knows a couple things so i'll go check oh, out I her suppose. interpretations i suppose <laughs> <clears throat> great um yes yeah, so i'll have to check her out i've never really done that oh let's, let's switch uh, switch it up right here we've got a not cohen and fred hirsch nice yeah, so this goes back to uh, we did a single of this last time, right? I um, remember with uh, Sarah that's coming up. Uh, I don't know if there's actually an album or if it's just singles that he's releasing over times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna assume an album coming up. Um, but this song was so cool. Uh, I've been listening to a not more as of late because I know you play with her, and I just frankly have never checked out her music that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't even actually the beginning of the song that got me into it. Uh, like halfway through, Fred starts playing like on the strings of the piano. Oh, yeah. And like using the piano as like a percussive instrument, which I was like, wow, that's really cool. You know, like I think you've seen some people do it and whatnot or like dampen the strings. Um, but I think getting it to that point of like actually plucking and whatnot has maybe been more associated with like prepared piano or like classical music or or experimental in that way. Um, But it's done in such a cool way that like really uh, intrigued me, you know, and and piqued my interest. And I was like, okay, man, like I'm about it. Let's, Mm -hmm. let's go, you know, like I'm here for, what do you you got, you know? Um, And, and here we are. Yeah. So I was I was listening to a very, very interesting podcast with another person that does the same thing. Not to say anything away from what we're listening to right now. I'm going to mute it. But um, I think that that sounds great. And I think to get back to this record before I go and diverge for a minute, um, like I was saying before, you know, Fred does his yearly residency at the Vanguard and that he always does duos. So I have a feeling the intention was probably to do something with that, like to release all these singles with duos and then probably to do nights with each of those people would be my guess. Right. Or maybe he's doing, does it the standard, not the Vanguard. I forget, but it doesn't matter because they're both closed right now. And, uh, but, um, but that's super cool. Have you been watching Fred's live streams? He plays a tune every day. I've watched some of them. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I saw the one that uh, I think Glenn shared the other day. Mm. Of a, of a tune that he had written for Fred that now Fred was playing, um, which is oh, that's cool. cool. I mean, I missed that that's one. been like one of the coolest things about all of this. I mean, like, sorry, shows are closed. Like that sucks a lot. Mm-hmm. But just seeing like all of these musicians now having a little bit more time, whether they wanted to or not, you know, to be putting out more um, 
content in that way. That's like a less formal setting and you just kind of get to see more of them, you know, Mm -hmm. for sure. For sure. Um, so the, Oh, what I was saying was that, um, I was checking out this podcast. There's a, and this guy's a physicist. So I'm super nerdy. I'm just, I've never escaped me being super nerdy in life. But anyway, so there's a podcast Nick, uh, by this guy, Eric Weinstein. And Eric Weinstein is a, like a physicist and a business person, whatever. And so he had Eric Lewis on his podcast. And they were talking, you know, Eric Lewis, the pianist? He used to I don't. With, with Win- he used to be in Winton's group. He's on that live, a House of Tribes record. Okay. You know that one? Yeah, yeah, uh, and yeah, many others, and he's played with lots and lots of people. And then he eventually changed his artist name to Elu, and then he does this like rock jazz thing. He was on America's Got Talent. Does this ring a bell at all? Do you know who I'm talking about? No, but I, I'm very intrigued. Yeah, there's actually also an interesting Jazz Night in America episode that they did about him, where he's talking about his kind of career. He won the Monk competition and all this stuff, like in the '90s. Anyways, and they were just talking about. Um, he he was talking okay, about I know different who this ways. is now. Like yeah. yeah. And he, the, the the prepared piano thing was what I was what reminded me of this discussion. It's the podcast is called The Portal and the, the his conversation it's super interesting cuz he's talking about just like he talks about music in general but he really like talks about comparing Miles Davis and Kenny G which is, and he's super analytical about it and it's super interesting and like is they're talking to a general non-musical audience and to hear them have a conversation that's both deeply musical and deeply philosophical about jazz and like traditionalism and like Winton and then him breaking off and like going and doing everything that he's been doing. He plays, you know, like rock tunes uh, and jazz in a quote unquote improvised style. And then he's moved into like, um, like hip hop, like, producing DJing live while he plays the piano and stuff like this. And, uh, but he's like the, the king of, he would have been the king of like, quote unquote, traditionalist jazz, Lincoln center, Winton Marcellus, right. whatever that what neo, neoclassical jazz, whatever. Right. It's super interesting. Uh, anyway, the, the podcast called the portal and it's Eric Lewis or Elu talking about a whole bunch of stuff. It's super interesting if you're into nerdy stuff like yeah i I never would have put the two together because i looked it up and like i now remember elu when it was on america's got talent like how that blew up and everything Mm -hmm. uh never would have connected to when marcellus house of tribes Mm -hmm. he's on other records too but that's the one that i've listened to the most that he's on right but uh anyway super interesting in terms of especially for musicians who are probably have have a deep appreciation for that and also do their own thing and want to write their own music and kind of like just thinking about the whole from a philosophical place, like the whole thing, like the whole jazz industry, the whole idea of creating music. It's anyway, not we're getting away. I'm getting, I've totally (laughs) jumped us away from the podcast uh, main purpose, but I really, really thought it was really interesting. So if you are a nerdy music appreciator, like I am, and want to check that out. Eric Lewis. So I would recommend both that podcast that I said, the portal and also that jazz night in America episode where he's talking about this transition. And also I recommend it for those nerdy people, but also for students because 
Uh, he was a master's full ride mass, uh, student to Manhattan School of Music, being in New York, couldn't get a record deal, won the Monk competition and just dealing with life and the fact that it's like, even if everything is going right, it doesn't mean that you're gonna be successful once you get out of school and that you really do have to like figure it out on your own. Mm. And not, and that, that most people don't just get plucked and placed into these places of prominence and, and such things. And it was just been on my mind because you know, it's, this week was our last week of class at UNT. So students are graduating, they don't know what they're gonna do, especially during um, our current situation, no gigs, blah, blah, blah. And uh, so and it's been on my mind, so check it out. But I'm no, excited. Man, that's, that's deep. I mean, you know, there, there's a lot of it, like not knowing a with everything going on and mm -hmm. B with like, how much does music school actually prepare you for music life? You know, a lot of right. it, I think we've talked about has really just been right place, right time, or someone for some reason deciding that they're going to take a leap of faith in you, you know, pretty much Which, how much of that has to do with your actual playing versus you just getting along or them seeing themselves in you, you know, who, who actually knows. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's both. I don't think it's either or, you know, it's, it's, it's all of the above and right. it's different for every situation. Uh, but back to the podcast, back to the music. Um, we can, well, these are ideas that are discussed on some of our other podcasts. If you want to check <laughs> some of our other podcasts, like uh, we've been doing our Monday happy hour chats with our artists, outside and artists, um, they're coming out a couple of weeks after we record them. But if you want to see them live, you can go to assetandmusic.com slash live. And we broadcast those there every Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern. We've been checking in with them, seeing what they're up to. But oftentimes I'll drop some kind of question like that. And it diverges us away from music and then talking about something philosophical before they let you know what they're up to. But uh, I'm very excited. I thought this record had come out months ago because I'd been seeing press about it. But one of my favorite musicians, I think... Um, his music was a big uh, defining part of my college career. Why? Because his album Invisible Cinema came out then. And I don't know. And I'm old, I guess, now. Uh, but this is Aaron Parks. And so I'm excited that you included this. Yeah, he is someone that I found out like the same time I found out about Brad Meldow. Hmm. Uh, so that was a weird part of my life where I think I was only listening to like these two modern pianists back and forth. Uh, but then, you know, I started to check out more because I ran out of those records, you know, and started getting to like his work with Terrence. Um, and then he came through FSU playing with Ben Wendell. Mm -hmm. um, and when they were doing like their season store and whatnot. And so that um, he's just awesome. He's, you know, he's kind of somebody that I always like keep uh, a track of with like new projects coming out and all. Um, and so this is a single for an album that comes out, I think next week mm. of his, uh, new, well, new, I think it's his little big is what he calls the quartet, but the album is going to be a little big Two dreams of a mechanical man. Um, and so it's out on Ropadope. Uh, it has, uh, Greg, uh, Tuhey on guitar, David DJ Ginnard or Ginyard, 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 let's go with Ginyard on bass. <laughs> and then Tommy Crane playing drums. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just like so, like the same way we were talking about a Maj Jamal blending like roadmap or anything. I think Aaron Parks and even, you know, for Brad Meldow, like they all do that very much. Um, but Aaron Parks kind of reminds me like that same thing that, um, 
like the fellowship band does with brian blade and all where it's like heavily um and this isn't everything but like heavily it's like more of like a work than it is just a tune you know sure like they go in and out of different um vibes for different tunes but like they all like i think he's someone you can definitely appreciate start to finish of an album and i think there's a lot of thought that goes into track order and a lot lot of thought that goes into like how the compositions are tied together um and he's a very uh lyrical big picture thematic type of improviser in my opinion you know like someone that i would compare to like a Bob Brookmeyer or someone that's obviously writes a lot. Um, and I think then that you start to see that in their playing mm-hmm. um, when you're just talking about like their ability to develop ideas and maybe know a little bit more of what they actually hear in their head and how they like to interpret what they hear in their head. Sure. Um, but he does it in such a modern way that's like very layered and complex, but it comes across in like simplicity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can definitely spend too much time getting like really nerdy about it, uh, which from the sounds of it, you probably did. Don't tell (laughs) away my secrets. Uh, But yeah, I think I just have a really good appreciation for like the maybe folk you could call it, but like the overall like lyrical influence that is Aaron Parks uh, uh, playing, which makes it really cool to be able to, to follow it. Because I think, you know, going back earlier when we were talking, like a lot of that stuff that can sometimes wear down on you mm-hmm. is where there is a lack of that, which has its time and place, I think, in everything. Um, but when it's just a lack of lyricism, or at least my understanding of lyricism or ability to understand that sure. is where it can start to get a little um, tiring on the ear, if you will, you know? Yeah. Not trying to vibe people sense. again for what they're doing, but like no one is vibing people. Yeah, yeah, vibe. I hate ninety-five percent of musicians, you know. But like that's just, uh, but it's so hard to do, and it's like a goal. But I think we all have um, to be able to do that, and it's call me jealous, you know. <laughs> he, does really, really well. uh, he does, he does, and it's a blending. I think also musicians from different um, backgrounds. Yeah. In this in this case, in this project at least, you know, um, yeah, I think some of those guys play with other not they're not necessarily always jazz musicians. Yeah, and it's really interesting. He does you know the thing where he'll have like piano and then MIDI keyboard mm-hmm. on top, and so that's really cool to see how he does. Like, because he'll go back and forth, you know, same song, right? Like whatever. And it's, first off, it's just like wow, I wish I could understand how to make a MIDI keyboard work like that, you know, mm-hmm. but it's it's just uh very it like almost makes it not a quartet like a quintet you know kind of thing like aaron parks a aaron parks b here you go right right yeah that's sonic having sonic um sonic explorations or options or whatever yeah it definitely yeah. makes makes the orchestration feel larger than it is but yeah i'm always, i've always been a fan of aaron he came through unt in the fall and that was really a great experience for our students to hear him play in that way do you know that record um do a record with aaron and ambrose uh there's a duo no record. maybe they play what standards okay see there's a version uh, of stablemates on there that i show people a lot 
Okay, I need to listen to it, I guess. I will be completely honest that Ambrose is someone who's playing I love, but it's like I got to be prepared for what I'm going to listen to because it just takes so much mental sure. endurance, I guess you could say. Okay, I see the record. The prelude to Korra. Yeah, sorry, it's not all a duo record, but there is a duo version of Stablemates. Okay, I'm saving that then to go listen to it. But it's just like his... Uh, his playing and writing and like artistic goals are generally something that like I can't just put on for like listening, mm. you know, like yeah, I yeah. have to be able to like unpack it and go through. Yeah. He's got um, a bigger picture uh, sensibility. That's for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, well, cool. hey, uh, bonus record, bonus, bonus records. That's why you got to listen to the podcast. Tell all your friends. I'm kidding. Uh, Well, we're really glad you could be here today, Alan, and also all of you listening. Thanks for uh, checking out some of this music. Let us know what you thought of the new format. If you like the video, if you like getting to hear the tracks, if not, we can just go back to all talking. It's it's easier. But uh, I I think it's nice to be able to hear some of these records and share the music. So if you can't find it, go to Spotify. This is Jazz Today, uh, and you'll see our playlist there. You can follow all of our playlists. we're doing our happy hour chats with our artists. We talk with our artists when their music comes out. Uh, we do. We talk about these playlists and try to just generally share great music that's happening in jazz because sometimes it's hard to find, uh, especially with Apple Music and Spotify. They sometimes, it's I don't know, it feels hard to find new stuff sometimes for me and I'm looking for it actively. So just for the passive listener, it might be more, more difficult. So if you want to see what's happening, follow our playlist. Um, and we look forward to uh, connecting with you again in the future. And uh, got to have the outro music too. So you know that that episode's about to be over. But um, Alan, thanks again for being here. Thanks for putting the playlist together. And uh, I don't know. I think that's it. We don't have anything else to talk about. Outside of the music.com slash live if you want to check out what's happening. And we'll see you next month. <laughs>